Trent Reinsmith, and this is the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast for Thursday, September 17th. Today's topics, Tyron Woodley answers every question during the UFC Vegas 11 press conference with Black Lives Matter. Was that message for a certain fighter and a certain higher up in the UFC? Do all sports have fans who see Black Lives Matter as a political movement? Because it's not a political movement. Dana White said Mark Ratner is working on getting instant replay allowed in Nevada. There's nothing to work on. Nevada rules state instant replay can be used at any time. Why is new UFC signing Michael Chandler a backup for a title fight? I have an idea why Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier aren't fighting and I like it. Donald Cerrone needs a win badly according to Dana White. But would the UFC really cut Cerrone loose? Is Joe Rogan going to get in trouble with Spotify for spreading lies on his podcast? The pre-fight press conference for UFC Vegas 11 took place uh, today. And it was kind of a weird one. It changed up at the last minute. And what was supposed to be a Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington presser turned into a bigger thing with some of the other fighters on the main card taking part in it. Um, Dana White said that his idea was to change things up and put a little more focus on the other fighters on the main card because the main event between Covington and Woodley was getting all the press and the media, so he just wanted to focus on the other fighters and maybe give them a little shine. I don't buy that. It is a good card. It's a pretty stacked card. I think it's going to be a good event. And I do think it's getting a little less attention than it deserves. But I think the bigger picture was to not put Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley on the stage together to avoid perhaps one of them making some racist statements. That one would be Covington. The other thing that stood out about the event was Woodley's answer to every question was some version of Black Lives Matter and I put together all the answers for the his moment on the on the stage and here is what Woodley's answers sounded like. I'm just excited that Black Lives Matter. Um, you know I'm just really excited that Black Lives Matter. I feel like you know a victory here just really shows how much Black Lives Matter. Just that Black Lives Matter. You know, I wasn't surprised, especially since Black Lives Matter. I just hope they realize Black Lives Matter. I like your style, and I definitely realize that Black Lives Matter. Just the fact that Black Lives Matter, I think it's pretty simple. Thank you, guys. Now, I don't know why Woodley did that, probably because of Covington, but it might have also had a lot to do with the UFC boss and several other fighters showing up at that Sunday event for Trump so if it had something to do with that and I'm not sure but I'm just I'm just you know guessing here that message white would be wise to maybe listen to that message because he is the president of a organization that has more it's a worldwide organization and as such I think he should be a little more in touch with the people that he is presiding over and they are folks in the UFC who are from all parts of the world some of those parts of the world 
have been referred to as the man by the man who he is stumping for as uh, shitholes. And Trump has made it clear that he has no interest in supporting or even acknowledging the Black Lives Matter movement in any way but negative. He won't speak up against racists and cops who are murdering black folks. And I don't have any doubt that Trump is has racist attitudes and is a racist. He's shown that. He's been sued for it. And maybe the message that Woodley's delivering here is, hey, that's not a good look for uh, for somebody who is the president of a worldwide company. And it, and it shows that maybe he's not that interested in the people that work for him as people, but only as parts of his business, tools in his business. And that's fine, but then he shouldn't act like he's buddy-buddy with all these with all these people either. And he shouldn't act like he supports things that he's actively stumping against. And he is. And I find it hard to support someone. I would find it hard to support someone if they were racist and if they were pushing racist policies. That's a big thing to ignore. So if that's not a deal breaker for you, in my mind, you're... If you ignore that, you support it because that's just the way it is. You can't say you're anti-racist while supporting racist programs and racist attitudes and a racist person. You just can't do it. You can't do it. And so if you're not actively anti-racist and if you're not speaking up against racism, well, I have a lot of questions about that. But if you're actively supporting a racist well, then I don't have any questions. The question has been answered for me. So maybe that was something that Woodley thought about when he made this these statements today. And good for him. Good for him. And that leads me to my next topic, which is the Black Lives Matter movement and sports fans. Earlier today, I saw someone tweet out that he they hoped that Woodley would lose because they didn't like him introducing politics into the sports much much like Angela Hill had done. So then my question is, they're the only ones that, that have brought politics into the sport? Because on Sunday, you had a handful of fighters attending a Donald Trump rally. And then you had the UFC president speaking at two Donald Trump rallies. And that's far more political than Hill and Woodley speaking up for Black Lives Matter because in my mind Black Lives Matter isn't a political movement it's more a human rights movement and if you're against human rights that's a garbage thing to be against so it's not political I don't find it political I find it human rights related and if you don't treat everyone the same or if you push one group of people down and keep them down, you should be against that. I, why, why would you be for that? And the only reason, well, there's one reason you would be for that is because you're small-minded and racist. Is it too much to ask to support human rights and support people who maybe are sick and tired of being killed by the police? I don't find that hard to support. In fact, I find that very easy to support. And I know the roots of this go back hundreds of years, and I know a lot of people also don't see that they don't think that far back they are willfully ignorant of 
what go, what has gone on in this country, and you saw that today with uh, Trump and his whatever the hell it was, some kind of patriotic history, which to me just says I'm going to ignore the bad and just tell you what happened good in this country uh, that all these great white men did, and you know we'll ignore that other stuff that they also did, like use slave labor. Yeah. So no, no, I don't. I don't find human rights to be a political movement. I find it to be a human rights movement and something that everyone supports, should support. And if you don't support that, well, I don't really have any use for that kind of person because they're telling me a lot if they don't support human rights. And when you throw your support behind someone who doesn't support human rights, you're telling me a lot about yourself. Dana White was interviewed by Aaron Bronstetter of TSN today, and the question of the Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez's fight was brought up, and instant replay was brought up. And I will, I wrote a story about this today on Bloody Elbow. It got released today on Bloody Elbow, and it says, per the rules of Nevada, instant replay is allowed at any point during the fight. Now, the rules also say what, what the fight outcome should be under certain circumstances, and those circumstances always hinge on the foul. And if it was intentional or unintentional or accidental foul, and if the fighter can continue or if the fighter cannot continue. What it doesn't mention, and this is the part that I think why the Nevada State Athletic Commission was reluctant to make a a statement on the story what is that where there's no wording in the rule for referee air and that's what happened in the Herman Rodriguez fight Rodriguez gave him two strong knees to the body Herman dropped to a crouch against the cage and before Rodriguez could come in to finish what looked like deliver the finishing blows for the fight Chris Tyone called the uh, nuts and gave Herman time to recover. In the post-fight interview, Herman said he didn't know where he was hit, but all he knew is that he was hurt. Now, I don't, I don't buy that part because for someone who's been fighting for as long as Herman, he should know the difference between getting hit in the, in the body and getting hit in the groin. But I can't really fault him for what happened in the cage because... He didn't say he got hit in nuts. The referee made that call. And so I don't know what the outcome would have been. I think it would have been a very difficult thing to call because it's not written in the rules. White said that during this interview that he, that Mark Ratner was working hard to get this changed and get instant replay. Mark Ratner doesn't have to do any work. It's in the rules. And I don't know how White and Ratner don't know that. It is literally written in the rules. All they would have to do is go into the Nevada State Rules and search Instant Replay. And then you will find all the mentions of Instant Replay. And then you'll find your answers. And the first answer you'll probably find is the answer that says... A referee can use instant replay at any time during a fight. The other thing that I find weird about this, and this is also in the story, and if you want to read it, just go to Bloody Elbow and do so, please, 
is that the UFC usually follows Nevada's rules when it when it oversees its own fight cards, which I believe it's going to do in Abu Dhabi. But instant replay in Abu Dhabi, according to what was read at the start of UFC 251, was that instant replay is only available in a fight-ending sequence. And that's what I found odd. I should also mention that I can understand the confusion on this because most states do not allow instant replay at any time. And so if you're going to these states over and over, and these commissions over and over and over that don't allow instant replay at any time, well, that becomes the norm and that becomes the thing you expect. So I can maybe understand Dana White, but I definitely can't understand Mark Ratner, who is supposed to be up on top of these things. And he said during the broadcast that only fight ending, and that was 100% wrong. And so to think that they're still carrying on about this when it's written in the rules is kind of kind of upsetting because it shows a, some, a lack of follow-up, at the very least, and a lack of knowledge as well. So I'll, I'll give Brendan Fitzgerald credit. He knew the rule, and he said that, that they could have used it. And then he went to Ratner for clarification, and Ratner said no. Fitzgerald was right. In Nevada, you can use replay at any time, which leads then to the question of what should have happened because that part with referee air is unclear. I find it kind of odd that Michael Chandler got signed to the UFC and that his first role with the promotion is going to be a backup for the title fight between Habib Nurmagomedov and Justin Gaethje. That's strange to me. It's strange to me for a couple reasons. One, the lightweight division's pretty stacked. And two, Chandler hasn't fought anyone in the UFC. And so I don't know why this this booking was made. And my suspicions are, one, the UFC wants to present Chandler as someone who can come right into the promotion and fight for the title even if he doesn't have to which is probably pretty good promoting promoting because it sends the message that here's the new guy and he's so good that he would have took one of these guys places and fought to fight for the UFC title without any other fights and I hope that's the case because the other situation is we're gonna do the thing where we throw the best of Bellator into a title fight in the UFC and watch him lose, which is a shitty thing to do. But also, we know Dana White will take a chance and any opportunity to show that the UFC is better than another promotion. So I find it weird, but I also find it somewhat understandable. And it was just an interesting move. So we'll see how it works out, but strange. Strange. Dana White today said in an interview with Aaron Bronstetter that Tony Ferguson and Dustin Poirier are not fighting, and they're both off that card, which was 254? Yeah, I think it was 254. My memory is not good, so forgive me for that. And my suspicion is... Poirier was off the card 
because he wanted money, more money than the UFC was willing to give. White said they lost contact and that Ferguson's team went radio silent. But Ferguson, let's not forget, was also pushing for getting Poirier paid what he deserved, which Poirier obviously appreciated and thought a lot of. And, and I say that because this came from Ariel Hawani earlier today. According to sources, UFC offered Dustin Poirier the Michael Chandler fight yesterday, but they couldn't come to terms. One issue was the same as before, pay. But also sources say Dustin Poirier wanted to show the same loyalty to Tony Ferguson, who advocated for him both publicly and privately. And that's fantastic. I don't like that the fight is off. I do like that they both stuck together, supported each other, and tried to make the fight happen and tried to get each other paid to make the fight happen. White said that they're just going to move on and that's that. But I think this is a message that fighters can stick together and maybe this will be the start of something. I'm not very confident in that at all, but I would like to hope it will and and think it will have a little uh, optimism here. But at least those two guys made made a statement and and tried to get things done on behalf of each other. And good for them for that. Good for them for sticking up for each other. But like I said, I really wanted to see that fight, so it's a bummer on that front. But if something good comes out of this the labor part of the of this then then I can accept that fight not happening and I'd be happy but I hope something does come out of it but then again the message white sends it here is that hey nobody's that big we just move on and we throw two other two other tools into that spot tools as in tools to keep the company going cogs whatever however you want to refer to pieces of the business and the fight goes on. The fight card goes on. Even if people really wanted to see this fight, too bad. You're not gonna. Meanwhile, at the UFC Vegas 11 press conference, White said that the business is on fire. And I think he meant that in a positive way and not as in a dumpster fire. And which then leads to, well, why not share some of that cash with the guys who are making that cash. So again, it's a question of why not give a little to the fighters when everything is going so well. And I don't know. Um, Well, I do know. I do know because the idea is to keep the split 80% UFC, 20 or less to the fighters. So again, good on these guys for sticking up for each other, but bad that we're not going to see the fight. Donald Cerrone fights Nico Price this weekend. And Donald Cerrone has lost four fights in a row. Now, those fights are not against scrubs and they're not against anyone that should be taken lightly. And so, they're not bad losses. They're losses, but they're not awful, awful losses. My thinking yesterday was that the UFC is not going to release Donald Cerrone. They're just not. I think if Cerrone, my thinking was, if Cerrone wants to fight, 
he will always have a place in the UFC because he is one of those fighters who is always going to deliver a exciting fight, even if he's on the losing end. And you just think of him as part of the UFC. He's one of those guys. But in the uh, in an interview earlier today, Dana White said on SportsCenter, I would say everything is on the line for Cowboy. In professional sports, the day starts to come where all of our heroes start to get old and Cowboy Cerrone is getting there. He needs a win. He needs a win badly. Now, I don't know if that is kind of promotional speak for somehow to get a little extra motivation in Cerrone. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's legit. Maybe this is the the fight that's going to get Donald Cerrone either released or not re-signed. I don't know where his deal is. I, I don't think that's it. I think it's the former. I think this is a way to motivate him. Uh, Cerrone doesn't get paid all that much. He doesn't get paid what he's worth. He gets 200 I think. And if White thinks that a Bellator or someone else wouldn't offer Cerrone more money, he is he is he's wrong. You get down on Cerrone in your promotion and give him a, a f- exciting fight, people are gonna tune in. White knows that. White knows that, and I don't think Cerrone's on the verge of getting released. He might be on the verge of getting his pay cut which would be a shitty thing to do since, like I said, he's only making 200 a fight. And he's I'm sure he's bringing in more than that. So we'll see. But I think Cerrone is an underdog. And if he loses, it'll be five in a row for him. And that's, while that's not good, I'd be very shocked if White followed up on this and saying that he needs to win badly. I just don't see Donald Cerrone fighting for any other promotion. If you... Follow me on social media. You'll know that I'm not the biggest fan of Joe Rogan. I think he has a tendency to, and it has nothing to do with his guests. I think he has a tendency to speak half-truths and not follow up and check information that he talks about. And I think he likes to spread false information. Maybe not likes to spread it, but I don't think he minds because... He doesn't really see himself as a news source, but that's a cop-out because a lot of people listen to Rogan and a lot of people think what he says is true and they take what he says as the truth and that can be dangerous, very dangerous when those things are lies and one of those happened today where Rogan said that they were arresting people in Portland and in in the Northwest for starting forest fires which has been debunked by the Portland FBI. And he was saying these things as if it was true, which it's not. But are his followers and his listeners going to take the step to research that? And I don't, I think some of them will, but I don't think all of them will. I think you'll have a good number of these folks just taking the Joe Rogan word as truth. And that's why I think he is dangerous because this could start problems if you see as he referred to a left-wing groups being accused of starting forest fires and causing problems well that's another reason for a right-wing group who might already have a problem with these folks to maybe start more trouble with them trouble based on a lie that was debunked by the fbi and so 
I think that now that Rogan is in a situation with Spotify, the pressure becomes even more to to speak the truth and not just to go off half-cocked and just not really know the full picture. And so because of that, I think Spotify really needs to rein these tendencies in of Rogan's to just go off on a tangent and not have full information. Will that happen? I don't know. But I know there's already been issues with Rogan and Spotify with the taking off of some taking off some old episodes. And now there's issues coming up in the Spotify office about around some other things with Rogan. And I think this has to be one of the things that gets brought up too. Because Rogan's false information and disinformation reflects not only on him now, but on his bosses and on Spotify. And I would find it very unlikely that Spotify wants to be in the business of spreading false falsehoods and spreading lies. And so I think maybe maybe some fact checking finally is in order for for Joe Rogan. And uh, I, w- I would do it. Spotify, if you want to hire me, I'll fact check Joe Rogan. Love to do it. Would love to do it. So hit me up. But anyway, more seriously. Rogan can be entertaining. Rogan can be uh, something that when he has the right guest, I will watch if it's somebody I'm really interested in. But when he has some guests or the sub, some cer- certain subjects come up, his tendency is to just, you know, just say shit. And that is not something that should happen. And so I hope that Spotify at least reacts to this and does some fact checking on what Rogan is spreading. Because he can be, like I've said many times here, he can be a dangerous person to to have spread these things. And his listeners can be, some of them, not all of them, can be uh, susceptible to, to what Rogan is saying and, and take his word as the truth. And I hope that something changes. And I hope that something changes very quickly on this front. And that's it for tonight. It was a long one. I apologize for that. I didn't I don't want to do one of these on Friday just because I want a little break, you know. But if some some interesting things come up, maybe I will do another one. Um if not, I will be back on Sunday night. Until then, stay safe. Mm-hmm.